You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. Are you ready? No, hit record. Excellent. Here we go on another episode of Fatterday Omaha. That's right. We connect with food. We talk to people in and around the restaurant industry. But today, TJ and I, and literally today, in fact, uh, I don't know, several hours ago, TJ and I went to Lincoln's Pub in Council Bluffs. But of course, I must introduce my co-host or let him introduce himself. Uh, TJ, how you doing? Hi, Dave. This is, this is where we come out the gate with high energy to get you interested in the show as early as possible <laughs> oh tj we need we need some morning zoo sound effects to go with us or something like that i don't know but the important part is today we are talking about lincoln's pub found in council bluffs and precisely at 157 west broadway with a council bluffs zip code of 51503 uh some fun notes about this place so i do believe the owner is john nelson owns jefferson's and Lincoln's Pub, which are kind of attached to each other as you uh, come into the West Broadway area. Lincoln's Pub has a nice patio there. Uh, Bonus pro tip if it's after hours, after 5 and 6 p.m., certain free parking spots open up over there, which is handy. But as you move in the front door, if you hang a left, you can go into the Jefferson's Pub area. And if you go to the right, that would take you into Lincoln's Pub. And Lincoln's Pub is where the food sits and where the interior of the restaurant is. And the interior of the restaurant is open and spacious with fun signage. Within, there's a bar area. Uh, And actually, I have to point out that there's interesting areas kind of throughout. The bar area is a uh, some type of granite or stone glass geode looking thing. It's, It's even, but there's like uh open cutouts below so it's it's very interesting to look at and then i think each table has its own theme the one that we were sitting at first had some like book covers on it Uh, i think i was sitting next to a jules verne novel of some type i think maybe tj was next to an hg wells or something and and that was just table number one longtime listeners of the show uh know that there's a little bit of math that's involved with Saturday. Sometimes because we're trying to try many, many things on the menu, we need a bigger table than the amount of diners. Party size times 1.5 minimum. That is correct. And that rule yet again held. We sat at a table for three and then TJ's order showed up and we had to move tables. So (laughs) that was kind of cool. Towards the back of the restaurant is a wonderful wood-fired oven, which produces pizza and also many other things which we will talk about but uh yeah a very casual environment Uh, i actually went for both lunch and dinner today uh lunch on a uh this we're recording on a friday was uh sparsely populated actually when i went in and dinner actually wasn't too busy either so i'm not sure if uh, there was something happening or what was going on but it is kind of a bar uh, centric area, so maybe on a Friday night it starts to get hopping at seven or eight. I'm not sure. Well, and there seemed to be a lot more traffic happening at the like you know bar bars mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the area. There mm-hmm. were a lot more people moving in, so I think they were 
more people looking for for a a pub than uh, the gastro side of the gastro pub, ah. including at Lincoln's and Jefferson's, because there were far far more patrons on the Jefferson's lounge side. And I I don't know this, but I wonder if you can order like to go and take it to Jefferson's. I don't know. Please ask your bartender or server. But I mean, they're literally right next, so you could go over to Lincoln's Pub, have a pizza or whatever, and then head over to Jefferson's for a drink. But I have to say, uh, and we did not imbibe this evening, but the cocktail list and boozy milkshake list at uh, Lincoln's Pub looked very interesting, uh, TJ had said. So I think that's a pretty cool note. And one thing we didn't get to experience today was the brunch because we went at uh, lunch and dinner time. But on Saturdays and Sundays, as of this recording, they actually have brunch service available with uh, pancakes. They had a breakfast burger with like two quarter pound patties an egg and sausage gravy some interesting things happening there and i think they had mimosas and and those things as well so some neat options available at lincoln's pub but uh that's the environment that's kind of the setup on the menu i would say it's a uh, a focused menu the back half of the menu is pretty much drinks and the front half has quite a list of uh appetizers i think i think the menu says something along the lines of like to share with others or not uh we'll talk about that in a second because uh, one of the appetizers i got definitely uh could be a meal on its own they have pizzas again wood fired uh and they also have a couple of burgers available and a sandwich list so tj and i kind of got a decent uh, cross-section of a few of those things but uh i suppose we should probably uh delve into the foods unless you have any other uh precursor items to bring to the uh, table as it were tj Honestly, Dave, I don't. I think you did a, a better job observing the atmosphere today uh, than I have. I was mm. uh, highly, highly focused. I think more yeah. mission oriented okay. than usual, which may or may not be a positive. I will let the <laughs> listeners decide as we go throughout this here. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, let's let's get into some food. We'll start with the appetizer that I got, which we actually shared this evening between the Voice of Saturday Omaha and then TJ and myself, and that is the Mike's Meatballs. And the Mike's Meatballs has some uh, note note of correction, oh, Dave, oh. the Mikey's Meatballs. Live documentation correction from TJ. Well, TJ, since you have that up, I was about to recite off the ingredients list uh, or or topping loadout, as you've been known to say, but uh, why don't you throw it down and then we'll throw in the analysis. Well, Mikey's Meatballs consist of house meatballs with tomato sauce, parmesan, and wood-fired bread, that last being of, uh, of mm -hmm. some significance, I feel. Yes, very, very much so. And this is a... Uh, a gluten strand throughout our conversation here as we are talking about uh, different wood-fired dough items. And so you get three really good-sized meatballs with the Mikey's meatballs. Thank you, TJ. And since we had three diners... What do you think almost... Maybe even a little bit bigger than than racquetball. Oh uh, yeah, it was. T I, I would go. I'm going to go trending tennis. Yes. Trending tennis ball, three tennis ball sized meatballs there with a much better consistency than at least the last set of uh, Wilson Gold tennis balls that I ate. And uh, this is a disclaimer. I think you tennis balls. I think you're just not tenderizing your tennis balls enough. But <laughs> the uh, tennis ball sized meatballs, however, were very delicious first of all let's just get that out there but uh, i really like the consistency i'm thinking that they were a beef pork blend tj your thoughts on the meat consistency since it did not say on the menu 
I'm going to say definitely a, uh, maybe even a, a primarily pork blend. Mm. Um, they, they were a little bit uh, softer, a little bit more mild. Um, they were, they were seasoned well, mm-hmm. but not extremely so. You're just aware that they, they have a, a uniform and, uh, not over assertive flavor throughout. Again, I think I'm, I'm more aware of what I assume was pork in there, that lighter, uh, both texture and flavor. Uh, I have notes here, light season, probably a little bit of cheese and mostly in terms of the filler, mostly a bread of some sort, be that bread or bread crumb. Uh, since they were a hint light might've been bread. They, they had a light feel to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, they were also fairly dense. Yes. N- they, in they a good were, way. They were me. not, yeah, they were not hitting that, uh, that dense fluffy mix, mm-hmm. um, that I, I do like out of some meatballs, but I would say pleasantly dense would yes. be, would be what they were. Definitely more in that direction. Yes. Uh, a medium grind size. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. something about them. The, the ones I favor, after many years of uh, thinking that I should always brown meatballs in advance or uh, any any number of other recipes, there is one I favor with a good deal of uh, additives, uh, breadcrumb, parmesan, mm. and, uh, and parsley, mm. and then dropped raw into simmering sauce and allowed to simmer, and they seem to say Ooh. a little bit uh, a little bit softer that way. I have come to favor that method, and this, while not the same really at all in terms of that that sort of slightly dense texture and to uh-huh. me homemade taste yeah uh they had that kind of going for them yes i would say that's that's my big overarching note for the meatballs and the sauce is there something about them that they're still of a restaurant quality but there's something about them that feels homemade. Just just Some a tear built in there. Well, maybe so. Just they're they're just a touch more rustic. There's nothing that that really uh, 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 just hits me hard about them. Mm-hmm. But that is not a bad thing in this case. Oh, this they're, is some they're a pleasant kind of comfort food oh, sort yeah. of meatball. Yeah, hundred uh, percent accented then by that wood-fired bread, which oh, you had had gosh, before man. with at least your lunch experience, and you've had mm-hmm. you've had a couple of forays to Lincoln's before. Yeah, let's let's get that out there real quick. So uh, TJ and I actually had uh, done some uh, during pandemic-y type uh, arrangements. So to, to get fatter day Omaha through the pandemic period, we were actually were getting curbside uh, takeout and uh, pickup and actually eating in our cars in the parking lot so that uh, we could uh, you know maintain the rules and then also get the food as close to the restaurant as possible. So but even before that, I had eaten there uh, a few different times and had some good burger experiences. And of course, I, I dig a good pizza. So yes, been there a couple times. And literally today, uh, two times. So yes, correct. I encountered this bread. And what's interesting is the bread on my sandwich, which we'll talk about, the bread on served uh, with these meatballs, and also your pizza, probably a similar dough or maybe even the same dough. But I will tell you three completely different cooks um, on them. And I don't mean human cooks. I mean the resultant of heating this in the oven, different texture, um, or I should say uh, cut style for sure, and just a little bit different each. But the bread that was served with the meatballs was cut into kind of smaller uh, bread sticks, I guess I would say, yes? Yeah, a, a bread stick-like thing. What 
A bread bar graph. Y- yeah, sure. A, a bread <laughs> bar graph. Yeah, slightly, slightly different if one was to, to cut a slice into without forcing rectangularness on them, rectangular yes. strips. So slightly different sizes, some uh-huh. with a little bit of angle at the top, some not. Yes. So the little bit of little bit of character to your your semi-rectangular breadstick type devices with a nice bit of uh, a thickness to them. They had a what I would describe as a I'm I'm gonna try and get here first on all crust and bread descriptions. Ooh, okay. Because I'm going to lay out a short layman's version of them. And then you, with your increasingly uh, knowing enough to be dangerous pizza knowledge, mm. will have generally a good deal more understanding of proper terminology than I will. I see. So I'm going to say this. I would say a fairly open crumb, uh, larger air pockets. Mm-hmm. I would say a rich texture. I imagine there was some fat in this dough. Maybe a little olive oil hiding yeah, in there. So, so certainly a, a richness, a nice breadiness to them, a, a moisture on the inside, and a good sort of not quite crackly, although the uh, the pizza grip, the cornicione, uh, uh, had that, and again, I agree with you. I think it's the same same base dough, uh, but sort of a a, a crackly uh, crust to it, just a little bit of one, and then dusted with what I think we agreed is probably a sprinkle type Parmesan. Yep. I am surprised that none of it got to the near black stage. Yeah. As, as hard golden as brown, they, literal uh, yeah, golden as, brown. as much heat as they apply to those uh, those bits of wood fired bread. That fire was rolling tonight. But yeah, the the sprinkled on uh, slightly nutty substance seemed to be Parmesan mm-hmm. and was all evenly golden. So not adding yep. a ton of like the 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 saltiness or the dairy flavor that a sprinkle of parmesan would add but more yeah straight up nuttiness and just enough of it to to add a nice little bit of texture on it yeah uh, again this is this is not your first experience with the the wood fired bread mm-hmm. this was the first time i had locked jaw on the stuff <laughs> and the meatballs were nice yeah i could just sit there and uh, give me give me a little bit of olive oil uh, some sprinkleable parmesan and some balsamic vinegar, and I will sit there and dip that bread all day. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is I think our cost on that this evening was 13 bucks for the meatballs, bread, and you got a good load of sauce in there. This is a perfectly shareable appetizer. In fact, we had a meatball to go because uh, we kind of shared things because we didn't want to... Uh, you know, pass out from massive quantities of food or be affected thereby. But uh, yeah, or honestly, if you're a really hungry individual, you could order this for 13 bucks, not share with anybody, eat those three meatballs and bread and have what is the equivalent of maybe one of the best meatball subs, like a deconstructed meatball sub. Oh yeah, that's totally what it is, isn't it? totally exactly what it is. And in the biggest way, because those are some very sufficient meatballs. So that... That was the meatballs. They, they were great. The Mikey's meatballs. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with the uh, the the menu here, as as you said. But I I can now quote from directly from the documentation. Oh my! Small plates, big taste. Share them or don't. Oh, there it, you go. It would have been a very nice entree. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I in fact I almost ordered them as entree, and uh, the uh, the voice of Saturday Omaha is quite partial to um, meatballs and, and bread. In fact, from a Virtuoso Pizza, the uh, meatball sub from there is very good, and she often orders that. And man, she might have uh, might have done this at some point. So very very cool. All right, 
uh, I am actually going to head over to uh, another oven-fired item, which kind of an unexpectedly oven-fired item, which was what I actually had for lunch today, which is the chicken bacon ranch sandwich. All the sandwiches on the menu run 16 bucks, same price across the board. They uh, travel from a Cuban to the bacon ranch to a different sandwich that I had uh, a little later in the day. And the uh, chicken bacon ranch has, well, chicken bacon ranch, garlic mayo, I think is forming part of that the the ranch thing because I don't even know if ranch is listed directly on there, but a garlic mayo, uh, pepper jack cheese, which honestly I I didn't really detect this in my sandwich, which is okay. It it didn't need it actually. I think the garlic mayo handled the uh, the fatty component, creamy component there. Lettuce and tomato. And the tomato, what I kind of liked is the slice on the tomato actually was a, a good smaller slice so that with the sandwich, then uh, you could get uh, a little tomato in a bite or grab one with a fork if you wanted to, which was really nice. So it didn't, wasn't a big piece that would just, you know, shoot out all over. Uh, the chicken on this, uh, I, I was told shredded. I, I wasn't sure because it's chicken bacon ranch sandwich. So I'm like, well, is it fried? Is it a, you know, a piece of chicken breast or what is it? I was told shredded originally, but I'm going to go for gently pulled um, because it's more like several large pieces that are in there. And they're the right size for the sandwich, but it definitely was not shredded. And actually, I kind of appreciate that so that the moisture content uh, would maintain itself in the in the chicken there, which is a good deal. Now, the bread, the chicken holder, TJ. Boy, we're throwing a lot of fatter day things out today. Let's pull out another glossary term uh, known as the burger holder, which is another word for a bun. Uh, sometimes we have a burger holder minus where it maybe detracts from the sandwich and just a standard burger holder, which is, you know, hey, it's good. Or burger holder plus where it actually adds to the sandwich. This, because it was chicken, not a burger, is a chicken holder plus plus. That's right, two pluses on this chicken holder. Why? Because it's not a bun. It is a large piece of their oven-fired bread, as we kind of alluded to on the meatball. And you would look at this sandwich, and you'd almost go, like, this is a, a large pita, is almost what it makes you think of, but fluffy, uh, delicious, chewy, and what a fun move on a what might be considered kind of a standard, right? A, a, chicken, bacon, and some ranch, but that oven-fired bread makes it Lincoln's Pub's own. I notice, Dave, as I'm sitting here listening with one ear and looking with one eye at my notes, one more note on the wood-fired bread. Mm -hmm. uh, you note that the chewiness, I said the richness on the inside, the moisture content, mm -hmm. and this, this is... I don't know how much of a theme it's going to be, but it was notable on a few items, a couple of which we will get to later. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that it is rich on the inside, there is nary a hint of oil or grease to be found on the outside. Oh, yeah. That wonderful mm -hmm. charred surface. There's something that maintains, again, the the richness of the food, but feels so, so clean. A 900-degree wood-fired oven? <laughs> I mean, that yeah, could no be. <laughs> well, just just the the overall, if not knowing where it came from, the, ah, the feel of of picking it up and having something that that yeah. leaves your hands uh, there. There's a little bit of a flower coating on yeah, it. Sure, there, there's something that feels not stately. 
oh, it's, what's the word I'm looking for here, Dave? Something, something refined, Proper. refined oh. about the experience. I, I suppose and, so. And at once, again, rustic, because you have that nice wood charred bread. bread from a real wood-fired oven yeah. uh, feel there as well. I, I have a hard time saying enough good about the bread, and that's Burger Holder, I think, originated from it's not quite deserving of being a bun yet. It's just there. It holds the burger. It's not good. It's not bad. It's there. A burger holder plus, I think, graduates into bun. And this is, I'm sure there are instances where I would want a bun, but this is better than bun. This is better than this bun. This is impressive all on its own. With that last thing that you said, the all on its own, I pulled pieces of this off just because I wanted to taste the bread by itself. It's its own tasty, bready snack, as it were. One item that I did not include there uh, that I need to make sure I touch on is the bacon. It was a thinner sliced bacon, and it was an absolutely delicious bacon. Um, again, trying to pace myself, this is a pretty big sandwich with the amount of bread that was happening there. So I did end up, um, as we used to say, doing the science, or in this case, maybe I'll say investigation. I suppose I did write things down, but there weren't statistics. So I'm going to say investigation, popping open the bread lid and going in there and trying some bacon. Now, John, as mentioned before, John Nelson, who owns both Lincoln's Pub and uh, Jefferson's, I do believe also started or maybe still owns John's Naturals, focused on uh, kind of locally or regionally produced pork and uh, meats. And so uh, I'm pretty sure if I had to hazard a guess, this might be John's Naturals bacon. And it was it was delicious. The chicken was good too. And this was a great sandwich. Uh, I actually went and there's two choices with most sandwiches. And that would be the uh, tots, which actually I had for dinner. We'll talk about those in a second. And the curly fries. The curly fries are kind of the uh, deeper orange uh, seasoned type curly fries. There were a ton of them. They were served insanely hot uh, and ready to go. And there were a bunch of them. So if that is your preferred curly fry versus the um, undressed potato type curly fry, uh, these would be for you then uh, prepared very well. And again, that that bread made it really special. So that's that was my lunch. Uh, let's get back over to dinner. And TJ, you got a couple of things. So uh, why don't you uh, take me to one of those things, and then I will travel backwards over to a thing that I got. Well, Dave, we're going to start on the thing I didn't start on uh -huh. and talk about the Meat Lover's Pizza. Okay. So we will get to, I believe, the, the pizza crust in a minute, because while you did not order a pizza... I did not. You with your pizziolos... Pizziolo? The, pizza I mean, maker, pizza YOLO, amateur pizza guy. I'm just gonna go for for amateur oven pizza maker dough with mixy I, hydration double zero I, flour. I made DOP tomatoing book reading. <laughs> Self? Stop making fun of my pizza book bookshelf that I had to buy to hold all of my pizza books. You can blame John Ray for that one. He introduced me to more pizza books, and then I just couldn't stop. I just keep buying pizza books and reading them, TJ. I, I like pizza. <laughs> so you have a problem, but it only happens like oh, it's so once a week problem. or so, so I think you just have a pizza. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. I that's true. I have uh tried this, to This feels like a t-shirt or a bumper sticker or something. Don't have a problem. Have a pizza. I I uh TM. There you go. It, it is trademarked and copyrighted. There there it was. So, but you did have a pizza and I I had a really challenging time not also ordering a pizza because it's one of the things that they're kind of known for. And I'm really glad that you did this because I was going to say, Dave, you could have had a slice. I think I had enough pizza. You did because you kind of went all out because you got the, the larger, like 16 inch pie instead of the 12. And and then that causes that would lead to more leftovers. And it certainly did because I got the, like the biggest pizza box they uh-huh. have, and I had to set slices on top of slices when I was done. We had to change tables. Yes, we did. <laughs> this is totally not the first time. This is I can remember like five instances okay. at you're, least. You're, you're, you're probably no matter how there, optimistic so. we might be about fitting our order at the table, especially when uh, you and uh, the voice of Fatterday Omaha, who I will count in this case, is, despite the fact that uh, the voice of Fatterday Omaha is part of the show as the voice, yes. two normal Fatterday denizens and guests, Mm-hmm. And you and our voice were uh, were eating relatively light. We were uh, given the day that it is, and I had lunch there earlier. <laughs> uh huh. So so there was kind of a thought that you know, ordering a, a bit more for investigation, uh-huh. it'll fit. It'll fit. No, it, it won't fit. It didn't. It fit never does. At all. You know what I really enjoyed about that, besides the fact that we had to move, and it just solidifies the the Saturday math and that whole situation. I just like the part where there were five people, kind of around this table where the servers are staring confusion, not knowing what to do because the order has exceeded the surface to which it was to be applied. And I just, it was great. And they were awesome and helpful and helped us move in the whole bit. But uh, yeah. So how about that pizza? So we'll talk about the crust in depth later. Um, This one, however, I will say I waited too long to get to it. We were kind of talking, so between that and uh, and making notes, like by the time I was done making notes on meatballs, I was two slices in to one of the pizzas. <laughs> so timing didn't work out as uh, as one might hope. That that meat lovers pizza sat there for quite a while, so the crust kind of you know steamed against the pan. The cheese tightened up on you. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's gonna be more negatives than there should be on this meat lovers Which pizza. Which is our bad for yes. letting it sit there. Let's be clear. Yes. Yeah, strong strong disclaimer on the uh, the validity of this description due to those factors. I don't truly know what this pizza would have been like had I eaten it the second it got to the table. Uh, what I do know is the crust does hold up to additional saturation pretty mm. well. Nice, okay. Um, it's already a, uh, I hesitate to say new, I hesitate to say anything about pizza now because you know more than I do and I am merely a uh, a babe in the woods as far as it goes, but has that little bit of like you expect with a New York pizza where the tip droops. Mm-hmm. Um, it had had a fair amount of that, not a, uh, a super rigid uh, type of crust to begin with. So once it's saturated, it's it's a pretty floppy slice. However, it turns from more of a a gently doughy soft crust with a uh, a charred, uh, slightly crisp bottom surface mm-hmm. into uh, uh, the layers kind of collapse and it becomes almost like a pastry, or like 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 a. a I hesitate to say it this way because it might sound off-putting to some, but a little like a crepe texture almost. Yeah, and I, okay. I actually kind of like it when it does that, that yeah. sauce saturation that makes it seem a little bit more 
uh, bready, a little bit more smooth. I was actually good with that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That said, I did kind of investigate my amount of moisture loss, and I believe that I would say this because I got the... The Meat Lovers was my my bellwether, and it probably should have been the margarita pizza. It should because your own, like, thing, TJ, is the margarita pizza. Yes, as that, that, is, that is the tester pizza. Mm-hmm. But I wanted something with red sauce, okay. and I wanted a flavorful topping on it. You got which one. Not, not that basil doesn't count, but I wanted something like a sausage, which Meaty. I had. Or, or a pepperoni, which I had. Yes. Or a bacon which I kind of would have liked. But so we we wound up with this one. Um, but I, I believe I would say this, regardless of the time sitting there, I need more sauce. That's a TJ thing, by the way. I have said that about many a pizza, and I know that minimal sauce is a, a strong philosophy that is correct. in the pizza world. It is. But I, I really wanted to taste more of that tomatoey goodness to balance things out, especially with both positive and negative, because again, it did sit long enough that the cheese tightened up. So instead of having cheese pull, it was more of a pile of mozzarella. Yeah, a cheese yep. piece. But nothing wrong with that flavor wise. I, I liked the the flavor of the mozzarella, however mild mozz may be. Mm-hmm. It was a, a good tasting mozzarella and there was quite a bit of it. I would there say there was a lot. Yeah. Both on the uh on the meat lovers and the other pizza, which we'll get to in a bit, which I did get to fresh in both cases, uh, I would say thickness-wise, a good deal more cheese than a lot crust. Of it, it was quite a bit. They are they are oh, generous yeah. with that. Topping. In fact, that's a good good call out. I, having looked at that slice, and I, I picked at a little piece because I was trying to, you know, I was like, hey, there's some pizza sitting here. Um, yeah, I would say the mozzarella was actually thicker than the uh, than the the flat of the pizza there by by a fair amount, I think. Yeah, and there again, I it didn't skimp on the toppings. I kind of feel like that's where I want just a little bit more, and it. It has to be a difficult balance for Lincoln's, I think, because of that thin crust. Yeah, I you think don't if want you it to get o- wet. Yeah, if you oversauce that, it would have been mush. And you need to launch it in the oven too. If you soak it and it sticks to your pizza peel, uh-huh. you're just done, buddy. So I think you they make are, a calzone. That's what happens. I wonder how much that's going to. If they have a preset sauce amount per crust, like a ladle of a specific size, probably so. Or if it varies a little bit from whoever is cooking to whoever else. is I cooking. wonder if the sauce soaking into the crust and maybe even combining with a little bit of the cheese layer also reduce the amount of fluid sauce that was existing on your pizza probably did so but i like to think i'm a good judge of how much it would have done that and i think i'm still right and i need (laughs) more sauce don't you belittle my need of more sauce uh all of that said a a decent slice i think if i had gotten to it fresh i would have liked it a good deal better um decent components uh getting into the toppings themselves there was a crumbled sausage which uh trying to get it on its own it was a little on the salty side for my taste, uh, but still a good, very similar to a breakfast sausage spice, if not a breakfast mm, sausage, okay. somewhere in that uh, that vein, that that grouping of seasonings. Uh, the sliced sausage, fairly thick slices of Italian sausage, not entirely unreminiscent of a Stoisich, uh standard Italian. Uh, maybe closer to a spicy, somewhere in between the two. I got a with piece the amount of, of the amount of heat, like the red yeah. pepper in there. Mm-hmm. Um, fennel throughout. Yes, uh, not overpoweringly so, but a good strong hit of that. Yep, pleasant. 
I would have liked a little bit uh, a harder cook on that. I oh, think I, just a little oh, bit. Oh, you want a little more on char on it? Yeah, oh. yeah, a little bit of char, a little bit more browning on top. Still a a decent kind of standard sausage, and the uh, uh, faithful listeners will know that locally sourced. Um, I believe this is a a, uh, a John's, a John's natural, natural sausage. Did I don't see John's natural specifically, and in a lot of cases where I was looking at the menu, I see that listed uh, where it is. So, so maybe may not be. I, I cannot be certain on that. But I think it's just not the right slice for me. By the way, correction: not the meat lovers, the three meat. But that said, I think getting to it fresh would have put it a little bit above average. I don't want to discourage you from ordering this if this is the uh, the slice that appeals to you, this grouping of toppings. Well, uh, real quick, I did have a piece of that sausage. I would agree with the fennel. I actually liked um, actually everything about it. I thought it had a good little spice to it, and uh, I enjoyed it, but I only had it in that one slice move. Well, and you commented on the uh, uh, positively on the thickness of the sausage slice yes. on that one. Yeah, because it is, I, I it is a meatier, heartier bite. Yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. I, I suppose maybe it could, for me, it could have a little more Maillard on it, but I, I, I didn't find I it lacking. just a little bit way. more of a char on top. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Well, hey, good. You know, that's the thing with pizza and things, and when you're listening is preferences, right? Preparation good, preferences are, are what they are. Let's move over to then um, the item that I had for dinner, which was actually the pork tenderloin with tots. This was served with uh, pickles, mustard, and I got it in this case with no onions. And this was served on a brioche bun, not the uh, oven-fired bread. So a little bit of a different uh, presentation here. And th in this case, it is it is a burger holder. It was sufficient for the tenderloin. It wasn't quite as uh, knockout awesome as, of course, the handmade wood-fired bread was. I stole a tot! I stole a tot, Dave. I did what I did just what? right now and interrupted you before you could even get to your meal, and I stole a tot and I took one because they looked tasty and good and correctly fried, and they were. Oh, yes, Dave, they were. <gasps> you took one of my golden, perfectly not overcooked tater tots? I did. They really were golden and perfect, and I, I just I had to, to reach over in, in full oh. view of you because I'm rude and sneaky and greedy and had to grab at least one of them to find out if they were both as correctly cooked as they looked like they were yep. and with nary a hint of grease anywhere because... Yep. Your tenderloin looked to be fried the same. Oh, yeah. Even and dark brown, uh, yeah. I think, is a, a product of the uh, the breading type. Uh -huh. But it looked like it would be nice and savory and perfectly crisp. Like there was no hint of greasiness visible. And I went, well, I, I'm not going to steal a piece of your, your tenderloin right now but I can grab one of these tots and see if that the fry on there is as good as it looks. It was. Because it is it is nearly impossible. Um, maybe, maybe there are enough magical uh, professional restaurant fryer devices that will do this for you. Maybe. But it is nearly impossible to hold your oil temperature at that perfect spot and leave things in there exactly long enough that they come out looking dry and tasting perfect. And as many restaurants as there are, that there are plenty of places that will do a good fry that is a little bit greasy because it's fried food and you expect some of that. But very few hit that that note of perfection that I, I sensed looking at it. And therefore, 
stole your tot. So Dave, <laughs> is my fry assessment accurate, both on the tater tots and the sandwich? Because I want to know about that sandwich. Well, uh, you may have stolen one of my tater tots, but you took care of the entire analysis that I needed to do on those tater tots by simply having one of them, because you're darn right. They were golden. They were fried, not over fried, where you get those really crunchy ones that just kind of, I don't know, little tato rocks. Uh, these were done very, very well. But the sandwich, TJ, uh, you nailed that I, 98.875% because there was one spot on that entire pork tenderloin that had a little bit of oil on it. But uh, it did not detract from the sandwich in any way because I actually split this. It was huge and a thicker piece of pork here than, uh, you know, it wasn't hammered flat and like, you know, four feet long. But it was a good like, I don't know kind of looked like about a half incher at, at a best guess yeah that sounds good it was pretty thick and then though. i think we we actually do have a good reference for this i believe because dave you you put yourself out there a fair amount you got the 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 tv interviews of a little bit and you got uh quite a bit of yourself on social media people have seen your head <laughs> and that tenderloin was about the size of your head <laughs> Yeah, yeah, at least uh, if you were to measure from, from chin to top of scalp. I don't think it would cover the uh, left to right bulbousness that uh, prevents me from wearing I mean, specific perhaps, hats. but it was, it was mostly there. I'd say three quarters of bulbousness at okay. a minimum, and certainly <laughs> top to bottom. Excellent. Yeah, it was good-sized, and I, I appreciated the fact that it was a little bit thicker, just... It wasn't dry in any way. It was super enjoyable. The breading, like you said, TJ, kind of that darker brown, darker brown than the tots, but it wasn't to the point where it was just like overcooked. It was just right and just thick enough. It was not a crumbly uh, chicken fried type breading either. It was a very... That is one thing I was definitely wondering about was uh, whether or not, because it did look like it might have a little bit of uh, uh, sandiness to it. There might be some cornmeal in there. I don't know. Cornmeal and flour, maybe even semolina. I'm not sure. Which, yeah, I, I don't feel that that would be a negative, but I am surprised not... to hear that it was cohesive. It was cohesive and did not eat in a sandy, grainy way anyway i would not change a darn thing about the way that they did this tenderloin i might ask for you love mustard tj you used to do like spoonfuls of mustard as a kid what do you mean used to oh okay still do spoonfuls of mustard um if you are one of those folks like my co-host tj here there's a decent amount of mustard on here i am sort of a mustard with other things kind of guy, a little swirl. So next time I might ask for the mustard on the side. Again, a preference, not a preparation. This is just me personally. But uh, my heavens, TJ, this thing was delicious. I loved it. Again, I can't say enough about the, the color because I wanted to say mm -hmm. mahogany, but mm -mm. it's a shade before. Mm -hmm. And if it had gone mahogany, it would be too dark. It would start to have a, a, a burntness to it. Mm-hmm. But it was right before there, as dark as you can get without being too much so, again, from the looks of it. And as you're describing it, it was. I must ask, however, yes. about the mustard. You say there's mustard. Mm -hmm. Mustard is important. There's so many variations. The mm -hmm. wonderful world of mustard is vast and wide Did you, and deep and all these things. Do you still have your uh, annual pass to the uh, world of mustard? 
Yes, don't you know that the world is a carousel of mustard? Beautiful, wonderful yellow mustard. <laughs> so the question is, are we talking like a... Uh, <laughs> I just thought of how uh, how theoretically unappetizing this this is going to sound when oh, I say it. No. But uh, mustard was it a a similar mustard to the one that everybody knows that kind of rhymes with trenches? No. Um, or are we talking like a like a brown mustard, like no. a stone ground mustard, no, like a Dijon not. mustard? Definitely not. So what kind of mustard? I think this was in the uh, the pantheon of uh, mustard, which I believe is the last exhibit before you get to the uh, gift shop where you can buy tiny mustard earrings that actually work and uh, mustard Pez uh, dispensers and things you like that. You clearly have not been to the world of mustard in, in some time, the wonderful oh. world of mustard in some time. The pantheon of mustard looks down on us all. Oh. At all times. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Uh, TJ, you probably would have liked it because there's a decent amount of mustard. Uh, if I was not sharing the sandwich, I, I might get those onions on there. But I, honestly, it's just a darn good sandwich. And the fry in it was perfect. And it was very tasty. I would absolutely order this thing again. It was super enjoyable. And uh, because it was as big as my head, as TJ is wont to say sometimes, uh, very shareable if you're not looking to uh, get some hunger destroying, considering especially that we had those Mikey's meatballs earlier. Uh, TJ, I believe you got one other a pizza. Is that true? I did. The one I expected to have very mixed feelings on, mm. and the one I was curious about, mm -hmm. and the one I got to first. Mm -hmm. The barbecue pork with blackberry habanero sauce pizza. Hello. So first off, the pork, the barbecue pork. Yes. That stuff was moist and flavorful and delicious. Excellent. In fact, I could have used a bit more, uh, but not necessarily so. Um, it was it was good with the amount that it had. Judicious. I just would have liked more because it was delicious. That, that's fair. I was going to say judicious distribution of toppings on pizza is an important thing, but I could see where it was just delicious and you just wanted a pile of it. Uh, in our uh, Alec Guinness uh, uh, semi-paraphrase quote theme here, it, we, we already kind of covered it on the previous slice, but he's more cheese than crust now. <laughs> there, there is more of cheese than of crust about this. Um, and that had started to tighten up a little bit by the third slice, which I didn't mind in this configuration. It was good, uh, both fresh and uh, as we started to move through it, I think just because of the relative, the physical lightness of the sauce, mm -hmm. because it was kind of a, a minimal sweet, you, you definitely well, got the a little, habanero sauce. The blackberry habanero blackberry. sauce. Ooh, sweet heat. So, yes, very much so a sweet heat. Um, it was just a nice, even heat, a good flavor insofar as it goes. I could swear a hint of some sort of warm spice, though I was having trouble habanero. figuring out what. If it was cinnamon, it had to be the barest hint of oh, it. Something else other than maybe, habanero. maybe could have been a clove. I mean, it was just the the huh. tiniest background hint of it that that seemed to tie things together. So maybe the the habanero had more flavor to it than I thought. But I tend to think of mm -hmm. that as a a lighter, uh, a savory flavor. Usually habaneros, okay, uh, somewhere in that class. So I don't think so. I think the warmth was coming from loved the, habanero the, the class. flavor. The flavor warmth was coming from somewhere else rather than the habanero itself, whereas the actual, you know, physical capsaicin punch mm. was coming from the habanero. And then the sweet, dark, berry, jammy kind of flavor with that little bit of warm spice in there and the habanero uh, evenly throughout. It's not 
uh, if if you get into the cheese first, depending on how exactly you're eating uh, the slice of pizza or what is in your mind at the time, because, you know, you can focus a little more on one flavor than the other. If it's cheese first and then sauce, you'll you'll feel like it's uh, it's a backbite. But anytime you are tasting that sauce, you are getting a very even uh, just enough bite to be an actual bit of bite. But it is it's very even, very mellow throughout. It's it's a it's a comforting warmth. It's just hmm. the the barest hint of that capsaicin pain that you're looking for when you get something that says habanero or jalapeno or hot sauce or whatever on it. Speaking of whatever, what else was on this pizza besides that sauce? This is going to be the divisive part right here because oh, there were some sprigs of fresh cilantro oh, on there. And there's another thing that's going to yeah, be divisive. Which, yeah, I thought were absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I don't know about and it was sliced jalapenos. I ordered a I ordered a habanero I thing. I was talking about the pineapple. Oh, yeah. I actually kind of forgot about that. <laughs> if you hate pineapple on pizza, I think you've just had too many bad pizzas with pineapple on them because there are a lot. The funny thing about pineapple is if you put it on the pizza and then put the pizza in the oven, you now have a wet pizza with a weird sweet but not quite sweetness in pockets to it, which is unpleasant. There are some people who genuinely don't like the flavor combination. I've even known some people who don't like sweet and savory together, like ever. Um, in which case, why did you order the blackberry habanero pizza? Um, so that that kind of wipes out the, the pineapple debate for me. But more importantly, the pineapple, as we discussed on a very recent, uh, or at least recently recorded episode, the pineapple, I think, was one of the toppings put on after the pizza was cooked. Ah. In fact, it was a little bit cool yet. Oh. It was melted into the cheese. It was evenly integrated, mm -hmm. but it had not given up its moisture into the pizza. So it was a piece of pineapple in and of itself. It's a little hit of sweet, a nicely preserved. And the other thing, when you put pineapple on the pizza and then cook the pizza in that order, it gets mushy. So this you can, pineapple had good texture. Mm -hmm. You can make mushy work with pineapple. You can make highly cooked pineapple work. We uh, we know this from uh, from Brazilian barbecue. You can you can slather that pineapple. Uh huh. You can slather that up in some brown sugar or molasses mm -hmm. or what have you, and cook it real hard under the broiler or on the grill and make something lovely. But just throwing it on your pizza and then putting it in the oven. It's it's gonna be mushy and so wet. This this was worked. firm. This was delicious. And the jalapenos looked like they were like a fresh cut jalapeno instead of a pickled. Right, a fresh cut, not a pickled. Cooked just enough that most of the moisture was out of them. Still a little bit, just the barest hint of that almost crunchiness that that a green pepper or sure. jalapeno has, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but uh, with enough moisture removed again that they don't interfere with the rest of the pizza, but they do still taste fresh. So this is, again, it's that, that many ingredients that they do meld together as you eat, but they start out being distinct. Hmm. So experience one, then the other, then the other, then all together. This was my, uh, I want to say it's the highlight. It's not that, that wood fired bread and meat the meatballs. appetizer <laughs> is, is really king yeah, for me of this meal. So good. But this was a good slice of pizza and I do, the crust was really good. It's got that dark, I think leoparding is the right term yes, on the, the bottom. Spots. Right, the, the dark mm -hmm. spots and the lighter areas. It's got a nice, 
a kind of more flowery uh, finish rather than a cornmeal. I think there might have been some in there, but more flowery. And I, I prefer that good overall flavor again with the leoparding on there. And then as you bite into it, because it is a very thin uh, crust, there's almost equal proportions of that thin outer layer and then a more uh, doughy, uh, slightly chewy uh, interior. And I, I checked because they happen to have their flower bags stacked up over there. So it uh, looks like it's a Gustos or Gustos uh, Vita Grain, and it's a malted flower. So when you get malt, uh, Tony Gemignani likes to add diastatic malt as a browning agent, but uh, you might be getting a little bit of good color and sweetness from the malt. So that's a, a common thing to use as a an addition to your pizza. Yeah, as soon as you say malt, my memory can taste it somehow. Uh -huh. But yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense with the flavor of it. One thing about the ingredients here, even, you know, like we we're talking about the, the wood-fired bun, if you will, pita for the, the uh, chicken, bacon, ranch, or the meatballs are using the John's Naturals, you know, so you got kind of a locally focused ingredient. I just think that a lot of the ingredients and care that they are thinking about things that go into these dishes, or in TJ's case, describing this pizza, the ingredient loadout. And uh, you almost, with that pizza, kind of kind of summarizing that before we, we need to sign off here, but you you had a, you know, you've got salty from the the cheese, you've got the pork, which I'm assuming was, had a little bit of a salt factor to it, and then you have heat, you got some spice in there from the habanero, but you got sweet from the pineapple, um, maybe even a little acidity from the pineapple, probably leaning towards the sweet side though, and the blackberry, I, I think you said many notes that harmonize into a single slice. And the menu is fun. There's different things. We didn't even get into the cocktails as mentioned before, or the boozy milkshakes, or the fact that they also do a uh, kind of a, a smaller brunch style menu with things like a, a cereal pancake. I mean, there's uh, fun things to be had here. Uh, the meatballs, man, they, they were they were really good. And, and we had a nice dinner uh, between us, and uh, I had a delicious experience at lunch, and I've had many delicious experiences before. So if you get a chance, you can find Lincoln's Pub at 157 West Broadway in Council Bluffs. And uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's cool. And it, it's, and even looking at the tables are fun with like the book covers and things there. So everything they do has at least a twist, some interesting attention mm. to detail, mm -hmm. something local, something different. It's worth a try, and it's interesting, and they're doing doing some different things. And mm -hmm. I like that local focus and that little bit of a twist on things. It's it's very thoughtful food. Uh, there, there's a lot of, of thought and, and, I think, care put into it. This is some interesting stuff, and I will definitely be back. TJ said it well, some intentionality and interest. And that's one of those fun Saturday things is you look at each item on the menu and it's Lincoln Pub's own and they placed interest on each item. And I really like that. Intentionality, he says. The $10 words on this guy. With that, we're going to wrap it up here on our Saturday Omaha episode. Thank you so much for spending time with our conversation. And as we uh, say sometimes, I'm Dave. I'm TJ. And we are Saturday Omaha. Appreciate you as always. And until we eat again, stay hungry. Bye. 
Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email fatterdayomaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.